Hello and welcome to Close Calls on the 42.e brought to you in association with Air Sport. You know the drill at this stage every weekend. Ahead of the biggest sporting event of the weekend, we get on to the hottest pundit in the game. And today, joining myself, Gavin Casey, it is former Ireland head coach Eddie O'Sullivan to look ahead to the Argentina test and the final in Ireland's uh, November internationals. Eddie, how are things there? Good, thanks, Gav. Good stuff. I suppose we might start with the team, Eddie, because... Uh, I suppose after South Africa, after last weekend, we're starting to get a picture of who is in favour, I guess, uh, from the perspective of uh, Joe Schmidt. Maybe not surprises given that there are a couple of injuries and whatnot, but James Ryan, Adam Byrne, I mean, Byrne's earning his first cap in a fairly big game for the country. How do you reckon they'll go or what you make of the team overall? Um, I think the selection of Adam Byrne... um and uh, James Ryan were certainly surprised. I think um, Adam Burns' case particularly because he's done well for Leinster this year, but um, he hasn't been a guy that we talked about before the autumn start that this guy would certainly be capped or should be capped. I mean, he's done well for Leinster, but he, he wasn't that standout. When you compare him to Jacob Stockdale, we all talked about Stockdale before the, the autumn series started and said this guy has to get a run. And uh, he justified it, and I think there was no disagreement. Uh, Adam Bourne is a bit of a bolter, I think. You know, it's interesting um, that Joe Schmidt decided to put him into this game. It's a very big game um, to start. Um, no, he, he, as I said, he hasn't let Leinster down, but it, it's a big, big step up for him. And he, his form has been solid, but not on fire. But obviously, the coach sees that this is a guy who can handle it. And I would always defer to a coach on selections because. But what we say, looking from the outside in, the coach always has more information. So obviously he sees what he sees he likes with Adam Byrne. He's prepared to put him in there, but it's a big step up. Hopefully it works out for him. I think uh, James Ryan's selection was probably a bit of a surprise too. But in the context, I think he wanted to start James Ryan in one of the Autumn Series games. And last weekend, James Ryan was injured, couldn't start against Fiji. Yeah. I think had he been fit, he probably would have started against Fiji. And because he missed Fiji last week, Joe Schmidt said, look, my plan was to give him one game and I'm going to give him one game uh, and it's now this one is the one that comes up for him. Um, the midfield selection, I think, you know, Chris Farrell is, is really, that's where the coach's hands are tied at the moment because with the injuries to Henshaw, Payne and Ringrose, there aren't really any other options for him. You know, uh, Bundyaki's come in there. Uh, he was obviously going to come back in, but I think Chris Farrell... Uh, it's a bit of a surprise if you take on face value, but look at the injury profiles. Mm. I think if um, Robbie Henshaw was fit this weekend to just start at 13. Um, so on that basis, there's probably you know two surprises, Adam Byrne and James Ryan, but certainly Adam Byrne is one, which kind of plays into a, maybe a, a broader narrative here is that um, generally in the autumn, you try to win the big games like South Africa or even Argentina is a big game. Yeah. And you roll the dice with Fiji, you said, to your two nation. And certainly Joe Schmidt rolled the dice last week, probably a little more than expected. I mean, I don't think he was expecting a three-point spread with two minutes on the clock. But happy enough that they get a lot of changes and they got the win. And people forget the game now once it's won. People won't be talking about the Fiji game in six months' time. But um, So he got a lot of kind of insights into guys last week. Some guys went well, as we said, and some guys didn't. Yeah. But at least he's got that information. No, he seems to have... You know, taking the same approach with the last game. Um, when you see Adam Byrne's selection and even even James Ryan, um, he's kind of saying, "Look, let's. I want to really see these guys close up." And he's probably not ta he's taking a slight. He's probably taking a slightly different approach than 
most coaches with Ireland would have in the past over these autumn schedules as you you always try to win the big ones and you, you roll the dice with the smaller one. He's kind of rolling the dice here this weekend, I think, a little bit, not a lot, but certainly um, more than coaches previously would have. And I think that's certainly his, his headset seems to be this is about preparing for the World Cup. He knows the Six Nations isn't going to give him too many opportunities. He knows going to Australia next summer, he won't have a ton of opportunities. Mm. And uh, so I think, yeah, he is He is looking long-term here. And if he were to lose to uh, Argentina tomorrow, he wouldn't see it as the end of the world, I think. It'd be just part of the process. Of course, he wants to win. Of course, the team going out is pretty experienced. But just say they came up short uh, against the Pumas tomorrow, I, I don't think that would be a, um, a game-changer for him. Yeah, for sure. Like we'll have to see how it goes tomorrow. I suppose it's interesting here. There, you suggesting that maybe a defeat tomorrow wouldn't be the end of the world. If you were to look at those two players that we picked out there between uh, Byrne and Ryan, uh, like whatever about Ryan, because I think the red carpet has been rolled out for him in an international sense for a while, and he's a terrific player and will go on to become a, a wonderful international prayer, player. I'm fairly certain. Byrne is one which interests me on the basis that like I think it would have been 18 months ago or maybe a year ago we would have been talking like this guy is the real deal let's get him into the Ireland team and after that clamour died down he never really got his opportunity and since then I felt maybe he not that he was playing within himself whatever but maybe he hadn't lit the world on fire to the same extent as he had a, a year a year and a half ago and all of a sudden I suppose he's just propelled into this uh, wonderful opportunity for him personally how do you reckon he'll go on the wing tomorrow? Like, is he the type of player that, given the last couple of years playing at a very high level for Leinster, will blend in there fairly well? Um, well, well you'd hope so. And, and the honest answer is, is I, I don't know, and you don't know. That's the, like the, the problem always for a player stepping up with their first cap into the international arena is that it's kind of a, it's a massive step, no matter who you're playing. And certainly for for um, Adam Byrne tomorrow, going up going up to that level to play the, the Argentinians is going to be a huge step up, and that's really probably what Joe Schmidt wants to find out because he obviously sees something at Adam Byrne. You know, you're right; he had a very good start to his career, but it kind of plateaued a little bit with Leinster. Um, but he's still a very good player, and he scored some great tries. He's a good finisher. Um, but the next step up is the big question, and I think Joe Schmidt now says, "Look." I'm pretty sure this guy, you don't usually pick a guy unless you're pretty sure. So you must be pretty sure he's ready for it. And he's saying, I need to find out and, and we'll find out tomorrow. So I, I don't think you can ever pick a guy for his first cap and you're absolutely certain it's going to be a home run for him. He's going to be perfect. He's everything's going to be fine. But you're backing the guy and you're hoping it works out for him. And I think uh, Joe Schmidt probably has been looking at Adam for a while and looking for a chance to get him in there. And obviously had this year marked, he's going to do this mm. because it is a bolter of a call. Like there was no indication this is going to happen. Um, so he obviously see he obviously thinks he's ready for it, and you'd hope he is, and hopefully it'll work out for him. But the truth be told, with a new cap, nobody knows, but not even the player himself, maybe until he gets out there and executes. But look, everything he's done with Leinster so far has been very solid. Um, as I said, look, I'm not going to put him on the same level uh, as Jacob Stockdale, who I think has been outstanding this year. But that doesn't mean Adam Burton shouldn't get his chance. And I always say, as I said a minute ago, the coach has more information than any of us, so he obviously thinks he's ready. Uh, but for that reason, yeah, I think he's probably looking at him as somebody that, if he's going in now, he'd have to think he's on the radar for the World Cup. Otherwise, he he wouldn't be, you know, taking that risk with him in a game like this. Hundred percent, yeah. Like it was interesting during the week there, Eddie going over to Carton House to some of the press conferences. Uh, the questions leveled that I I think all of the players who spoke 
was is this a revenge mission or what do you remember from 2015 to the point that i think uh, some journalists were asking you know what went wrong what went wrong that day you know uh, and you kind of wonder like well what is the point in in bringing that up in terms of like the tactical element to it but certainly the, you could tell from a lot of the players that they're still hurting from that world cup quarter final defeat tomorrow from your experience obviously as head coach like in the lead up to this game are we talking you know you're in camp and you may be there's a couple of whispers about the last time we played these fellas and let's get one over on them or is it just a case of now at least in 2017 when everything is process driven and you know we stick to our game plan is it like let's be professionals and we won't discuss it at all it was sort of alluded to by Greg Feek that they maybe would not even discuss it necessarily but it might be mentioned Rob Carney then was a little bit more nah that'd be unprofessional what do you reckon is going on there like is it a, a case of revenge or <coughs> it's um it's a great headline you know that we're, we're out for revenge but the truth be told it doesn't really matter what happened in 15 um look I think they'll they'd like to win the game because um they I think there is a bit of a scar there from from the 15 World Cup there's no doubt about that and and there's a bit of residue there that you know it was a big opportunity miss for us and again once again we got gazumped by Argentina at the World Cup you know yeah. uh, but I don't think it'll be a major focal point it's in the background and they'd like to win it and if they won it it would kind of maybe you know some to some degree to some degree might put that game back in Cardiff to bed but I don't know if that game ever goes to bed because it, it was a, it was a it was a watershed moment for us we thought we had a great chance for semi final and, and they ended up going to it. But I, I don't think it's a big narrative. They probably even would look at some of the ways they got caught against Argentina the last time because Argentina might go that route again. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a big part of the narrative. I think it would have been great for the for the media if, if, if you know, the coaches or, or the players come and said, oh, yeah, this is all about revenge. It would have been a great headline. But <laughs> I, I think it's, it's not. It's, it's about them working towards the World Cup. Yeah, there'll be some residue there, but I don't think it's, it's, it's going to be a major factor. Um, I mean, I think it was more intense back in my time because we played them a lot, and like back in '04, it was quite rancorous. You know that game. There was a lot of afters on it, and a lot of accusations made. And and we, you know, we had lost in '99. We had beaten them in '03. You know, there was still a lot of sulphur in the air. Um, but I don't think that's a factor this weekend, and particularly I think they're probably trying to get a result for different reasons this weekend. They're trying to get a result to sign off on a season that's been pretty tough. They've had a tough season. They haven't won a game in the rugby championship. And it's been they've been on a bad run really. No, to be fair to them, like they're they're not playing that many tier two nations in that run, yeah. you know. They're right they're right in the they're in the they're playing basically, you know, the top teams in the world is New Zealand, South Africa, Australia coming at them every week uh, in that rugby championship. No, that's that's the equivalent at least of of Six Nations rugby. Yeah. You know, there's no gimmies in that one. So but they've had a bad run, and for their own peace of mind, if they could get a scalp on, uh, on uh, tomorrow and, and head back home with a win under their belt for 2017, they'll certainly take it, and they'll go after that. They'll be they'll be up for it. I've no doubt about that. But I don't think they're thinking either that if they lose tomorrow, it, it kind of eviscerates what they achieved in, in in 2015. So I think we could. It probably would have been a nice headline and a nice thing to talk about, but I don't think it's a major factor. It's probably there in the background, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put much stock in it. I think both sides are at different missions tomorrow. As I said, they want to sign off on a on a, a poor season by their own standards, but just to get a win on on the, on, on in a, or a dash in the win column. And Ireland, obviously, a couple of things heading into the Six Nations. A good win tomorrow, you know, to be a good autumn. There's always that little bounce out of it. 
you know, uh, another couple of guys in the depth chart getting exposed uh, and a chance to develop our game a bit as well because, um, you know, we, we're, I think Josh Schmidt is trying to, 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 to grow the way they're playing the game as well. So there's a number of agendas there at play and I think revenge is down the bottom. Them. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not great for the old headline, but I, I think it's a fair point and it's one that I suppose a, a couple of players alluded to where, again, they were probably faced by incessant questions related to this whole revenge narrative. You mentioned Argentina there. It's been a difficult year for them. Like, listen, they've lost, I think they've won two tests this year, one being Italy, uh, the other being Georgia. So not a vintage year by any means. And yet they seem to be a team that are sort of cognizant of where they are in the, in the sort of world standings, which is we're getting there slowly but surely. Yeah, uh, but that's the narrative between each World Cup. If you look at New Zealand or if you look at Argentina's um, history between World Cups, they tend to focus on peaking for World Cups. And they've been very successful. at. They've made two World Cup semifinals in 07 and 15. And the only year, they, the only World Cup they didn't make a quarterfinal in since 99 has been was was uh, 03, and we beat them in the Adelaide Oval, yeah. and it was an excruciatingly tight game, like excruciatingly tight game. We squeaked home by a point yeah. at the end of it. it. Could have gone anywhere. So, like, definitely they're they're um, a team that focuses from World Cup to World Cup. So when you get them in the middle, and we've got them in the middle back in I think 2010, uh, we put put them to the sore pretty comfortably. They tend to dip in in the middle because they're bringing through younger players and they're transitioning. And they don't panic too much because they see the bigger picture. Now, they're always very competitive, though. It doesn't mean they don't they go out and they don't care. They, I mean, I thought the performances in, in the Rugby Championship were, were very solid. Yeah. And um, they've got some really, really good players and they have huge physicality. And they're the kind of team at the moment that they're able to hang on to the ball for long periods. And then if you make one error, one mis- misstep, they'll skin you. And they, if, they get, if they make a line break, they, as we saw in... in, in um, Millennium Stadium and the World Cup if they make a line break they'll probably finish it so I, I think they'll be very focused tomorrow because for them it's about finishing the season well but they'll be they'll be very battle hardened as well that that rugby championship is a very very tough tournament physically and in terms of you know they've travelled a long way they're a bit tired there's no question they have a ridiculous amount of air miles done this year but it's the one last hurrah to end the season and every team can get, get, get up for that one and I think, yeah, they'll be a very, very difficult team tomorrow. I'd be surprised if it's not a very tight game. And if it's a very tight game, it could go either way. I know this prediction is Ireland to win by 12 or 14 points. I think that's very ambitious. I think this, And I think the ranking of Argentina at 10 is, is crazy. Um, I think they're, they're a better team than that. They don't mind that. They don't seem to worry about where they're ranked. They're focusing on 2019. But I think they'll definitely be, be a very, very difficult team to put away tomorrow. And I think they'll come to play. They, they, they'll, um, they'll come at us like bats out of hell because they have that capacity now. They know they can match the t- everyone physically and they're just trying to put some finesse around their game and they have some line breakers and they've got some pace and they've got great hands in certain situations. So I think we have our hands full tomorrow, no question. Yeah, you touched upon it there that I was going to ask you, which is, I suppose, traditionally it's become a cliche maybe over the years, like Argentina, they're teak tough, they're physical, their scrum traditionally will be good. What do you reckon the modern iteration of Argentina bring to the table that maybe, t- like, say, the team, for example, that you played in, against in 2003 mightn't have brought to the table? Is, is there an extra couple of strings to their bow in, in 2017? Yeah, very much so. I mean, back in the noughties when they played, they had a very powerful scrum. Um, they had a very solid line-out. They worked an awful lot around the forwards. They drove around the fringes, pick and jam, pick and drive, one-off runners. 
And they depended a lot on their kicking game. I mean, in the World Cup in 07, they kicked the ball more than any other team. I mean, they just, but they kicked it really, really well. And um, they just wore teams down. Uh, they didn't worry too much about scoring tries. They just put you under pressure. They picked up a try, great, but they would wear you down with field position and kicking penalties. And it was very successful. But I think they realised they had to, the game, the game has changed even since then, but they had to change with it. And I think they're now um, a much more dangerous game. As we saw in the Millennium Stadium only two years ago, I mean, they just tore to shreds in the outside channels. Um, they have genuine pace. And there are a lot of guys who can play off the cuff. You know, they, they, they're, they can get their hands free and they'll offload. They can dance through a small space. They're, they have a lot of guys that are hard to, to defend against because if you get your body position wrong, your feet in the wrong place, they'll beat you. And they're happy to do it. They're happy to hold on to the ball. And they may go six, seven, eight phases playing east-west and then somebody missteps and they're gone through. And as I said, usually when they go through, they, they don't waste it. So you've really got to be very physical with them and you've got to be very, I suppose, you've got to pay attention to detail mm. because they'll get you. So I, I think they are. They're a more balanced team now. And the experience as well of their players playing together in, in, in the uh, Super Rugby competition has been a huge plus for them as well. I think that's certainly strengthened their depth and it's strengthened their ability to play under pressure. I mean, I think um, this, the, the model they'd used for years about putting players overseas, particularly to France, back in the noughties, they have, they're trying to roll that back. They're trying to get most of their players back into this, into, into Argentina. And the, the, the basis for that is basically having a, a super rugby team. Uh, so they're on, they're, they, they have a good strategic plan as to where they want to be and where they want to get to. And I, I think... You know, we'll see a lot of that tomorrow. I think they're a team that, you know, nobody's underestimating unless you haven't read about rugby for a while. People might think, oh, Argentina haven't been going well. That would be a, a complete, you know, a, bad, poor, a pretty poor assessment of where they are. Yeah, before we get your uh, final predictions, Eddie, do Ireland, like under Joe Smith at this current juncture, are they, are they a team that knows where they are, I suppose, with the World Cup in mind, with probably a Six Nations in mind more pertinently in, in the immediate future. Is this a team that you reckon kind of understands what they're doing at the moment, or is November more so about finding that out? Uh, I, it depends. I think there's two dimensions to that. One is there's the, the, the squad itself, the depth in the squad, and I think, yeah, I think Joe Schmidt really know between the summer tour and at the end of this autumn, he will have a very, very clear picture of what his depth chart is, as we call it, in almost every position. And I think he's done very well to get to the point where he probably has three options in most positions. There's a few positions that are, I think the fullback position is pretty skinny from, um, I don't, I think he's he could do it more depth there. But having said that, most of the other positions, I think, uh, particularly up front, he's, he's got him pretty well locked down. So in terms of planning for the World Cup, his depth chart, I think he, he'd be very happy where he is, um, regardless of what happens tomorrow. I think tactically, I think, you know, again, I think last week, and I don't, it's, it was symptomatic that we, we went very narrow when the game got tight. And even the week before, I know we were very quick to give credit for the 21 points in the last 10 minutes. But if you were taking the other side of it, you might say, well, despite dominating South Africa for 70 minutes, we, we hadn't put them away. I think they've got to look at that capacity to put teams away when we're dominating them and, you know, maybe look at expanding our game. It has become a little predictable in that a lot of things go through Jonathan Sexton um, in terms of when we're running with the ball. It's, it's the spot play, the wraparound. And I think they may have to look at that and how we keep our width in the final third of the field where we tend to get narrow anyway. I think that's the challenge for the Six Nations. He knows his depth, but to grow 
kind of the, the game plan a bit and, and maybe put more width on it. And we, we have gone back a little bit as well. We have started to become good on starter players. We had kind of, a, uh, this was kind of Joe Schmidt's hallmark as Leinster coach was, the, you know, the really killer starter players that were almost a try if they came off. Um, I think he might be, you know, moving slowly back to that uh, well as well in terms of it, putting shots in his locker. And we saw that for Stockdale's, uh, Stockdale's break, which led to, to uh to Rodock's try against South Africa. So yeah, I, I think he's personnel wise, I think he's happy. Uh tactically in terms of where he wants to go, he's probably a bit of work to do. But I think that might be where he'll start to focus for the Six Nations, I think, is in trying to roll that out. And again, of course the key in the Six Nations is do do that while you're winning games. You know, it's the Six Nations is about winning games. I think if we don't win tomorrow, as I said it's not the end of the world. Um it'll be I think we can and it'll be good if we do. But I think the Six Nations is where we have to win and he may have to try and expand the game a little bit um, um, on that basis. Yeah, well, listen, you said yourself it's not the end of the world if we don't win tomorrow. Do you reckon, just for the sake of argument, that we will win or how do you reckon we're going to go tomorrow? Uh, I think we will, but I'm, I'm not. I'm really kind of guessing because I think it'll be a tight game. I'd be surprised if we win this game comfortably. I, I think if we win this game comfortably, it'll probably be because the Pumas didn't play at the par because we know if they play at the par there's not much in it. Yeah. Um, so, to be fair, I think Ireland can get there but we would, we would if they play well we'll have, to play, we'll have to play very well. There'll be a lot of pressure on the new calves but I, I always have confidence that with, with the two best halfbacks in the world kind of steering the ship that it'll, they'll get you through rough patches, you know. And there will be rough patches I think tomorrow but I think, you know, Sexton and Murray uh, pulling the strings, I think they'll, find, they'll put us into the right parts of the field to get the job done and that's going to be hugely important for us I think they're two, they're two key guys no matter no matter who we pick in the other 13 positions 9 and 10 for us are absolutely crucial in fact they're on the pitch tomorrow they had a, a rest last week I think they'll, they'll be in good fettle to get the job done yeah that is really the key exercisables from uh, Ireland's perspective well Eddie thanks so many for joining us uh, pleasure as always we'll speak to you again soon uh, maybe after that uh, resounding Ireland victory over Argentina tomorrow but uh, hopefully to uh, all of you at home, cheers for getting involved, cheers for watching. We'll be back again shortly, uh, sometime next week. But until then, have a good week, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the Ireland game and take care.